This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Well, I don't know if you were a fan of the Left Behind series or you like end times fiction, but today we have an exciting guest with us who's going to talk to us about those topics because he's written an expansive series, seven books on the end times, and his series is called The End, The Book, and it's from Westbow Press. So J.L. Robb joins us from his home in Duluth, Georgia. He's uh, the author of this seven-book series, which he's worked on for many years, and we know that's quite an investment of time. And uh, JL is a former Navy corpsman. He served in the Navy from 68 to 74, if we have any Navy people out there. And he's active in the American Legion, the Duluth Civiton Club. He's very active in his community, so that's wonderful. He also writes a monthly column for uh, Wisconsin Christian News. So, Jerry, we see you like writing. Anyone who would invest so many years in this series, I admire. <laughs> so welcome, Jerry, to Charisma Connection. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. And I should explain that uh, you are J.L. on the book and sometimes Jerry in person. So if I interchange those, please forgive me. That's fine. I write under J.L. Rob, but uh, all my friends call me Jerry and a few other things, sometimes <laughs> not so nice. I know you have a sense of humor, and I've seen that in the emails we've had going back and forth. So <laughs> love that. We need a sense of humor in these times, don't we, Jerry? We do. There's a, there's an amazingly a lot of it out here. I'm, I'm just surprised, but um, I've, see, I've seen a lot of humor mm. going on. Yes. So who did you write the End the Book series for? God. Mm. I, wrote it for, I wrote it for God, and that took me a, a long time to figure that. I got a calling to, for about 10 years, I got a calling. I didn't know it was a calling. I actually thought I was going crazy. But I would hear a little voice whenever I would pray, and it would say, Write your books. Write your books. I've never written a book in my life. And finally, about 10 years after that calling, uh, I finally thought, well, maybe it's God talking to me. I don't know. But it was like, why me? Because I had never written a book. And I wasn't. You know, I'm, I'm a long way from a flawless Christian, I can tell you that. So it was like, it really was a why me. So I just basically prayed about it. And I said, well, I'll, I'll do it if you help me. And I'm going to write for the unsaved instead of the saved, because I used to be one of those. So I'm going for people that kind of were part of my lifestyle, the people that need it the most. But about 75% of my readership are people that are Christian. They're interested in revelation and the prophecies that have not been fulfilled yet. But probably 25% are people that don't even believe in God, and that's who I'm really after. Okay. Well, so uh, could you share with us a little bit about your testimony? Well, I can. If it's, a, it's a real interesting thing, what's going on now, this pan viral pandemic. <clears throat> if it wasn't for a viral pandemic, I would have never, probably never even read Revelation. But in uh, 1952, I was five years old, and there was a polio epidemic that was worldwide. 
and it was real bad in North Carolina. So my parents packed me up and sent me down to South Georgia to live with my aunt and uncle and my cousins. And I lived there for a year, and they had few books, but the Bible was one of them. And my cousin and I would listen to Bible stories from my aunt, and she read a lot about a prophecy and things like that. She believed in that. And then when I got 10, I read it, the book of Revelation. I did it in Waynesboro, Georgia, my cousin and I. And it used to just scare us to death. We loved it. We thought it was talking about it. <laughs> like we watching it a horror movie, huh? It. Yeah, it, it was. It really was. For us, we didn't understand anything about it. We thought it was talking about atomic bombs because in, 19, in the 1950s, atomic bombs was the talk of everything. Yes, that's when you were diving under your school desks, right? You were, and building bomb shelters. Mm. But um, that was my basis, was I read that book. It was the first book I ever read, and I've been hooked on it ever since. Hmm. Even though I drifted, after I got out of college, I drifted away from God for about 10 years. But I just never forgot that story, and it's a phenomenal story. And the churches don't teach it. Not, most of them, some do, but most churches do not uh, teach Revelation for various and sundry reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exactly sure why. I've heard too much symbolism, uh, too much fear mongering. But the very first paragraph in the book of Revelation, the first book, the first paragraph says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. To me, that pretty much says that this could be the most important book of the Bible, because it is the final act in God's great play, which is an amazing event. And it's a love story. A lot of people say, well, it's not a love story, so we haven't read the last two chapters. (laughs) It is a love story. And I'm trying to encourage people to read these books because what I have done, this is not a Bible-thumping series. I don't have a whole lot of Scripture, but I do have one at the beginning of every chapter because, like I said, I'm going for people who do not believe this story. But what I've done in this series is I have explained possibilities of Revelation. This is what could happen, not what's going to happen, just what could, is, could happen. But in books five and six, I have a coronavirus. It's called the Las Vegas virus. And it's doing to the world exactly what is going on with the uh, COVID virus. Hmm. And, I mean, that is such a possibility. It, it, it would be so easy to happen, and we're seeing it right now, how easy it is to keep going. The Spanish flu in 1918 and 19 was also met with a lot of resistance. It was like, well, I got a cold. They didn't know what the flu was back then. Mm-hmm. And then within 24 to 48 hours, people started dropping dead, it was, and it was a terrible death. And we did the same things. They started closing their, uh, their theaters where they had their plays. They started closing sporting events, and then people started raising cane about it, so they reopened, and that became the second wave. Well, that fiasco killed 685,000 Americans. Mm. Think and about that's that. that's just Americans. Mm-hmm. That was just Americans. It killed 50 million people. Some people think a lot more than that. 50 million people in the world. And hopefully 
this is a shot across the bow and not a shot into the bow, mm. or we're going to be uh, in that, the same shape as they were. Yes, I, I see uh, part two of your books uh, is titled, You Have Been Warned. So <laughs> in a sense, maybe you've written these books as a warning. It, well, they are a warning. I think anybody that writes about this is trying to warn people that this is not mythology. I mean, you believe in the inerrant Word of God as the Bible, but you don't pay any attention to this book. Mm-hmm. And it's the last book, book in the Bible. And it tells you, you know, blessed are the people that read this and hear it. So there's not a lot of black and white in the Bible, I don't think. And that's definitely not black and white. So I'm trying to get people to understand it. Very difficult to read Revelation and understand it. I certainly didn't. For, I've read it many times. Mm-hmm. You have to read the footnotes. And a lot of people don't want to read the footnotes because it's full of footnotes. And they don't want to go back and have to look up Isaiah or Ezekiel or Micah or these prophets. They just don't have time. Well, we're kind of lazy, aren't we? (laughs) We are. We are. I'm the same way. Yeah, I understand that. And and, I mean, for myself, I understand it. And in the church, we do need the whole counsel of God. So as what you were saying about Revelation, it's a blessing for us to understand this book. It is. I'm not a I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm a Bible student. I will mm-hmm. probably never be a Bible scholar. But anyone who writes about Revelation and says, I've got it figured out, here it is, you can go ahead and just put that book down, because that's not true. <laughs> no one really knows how this is going to play out. We do know the things, some of the things that are going to happen, because it's spelled out in Revelation in the form of seven bowls and seven trumpets, and the three woes, the first woe, the second woe, the third woe. I have a book. My book six is called The Third Woe. That's the last woe. But all these bowls and all these trumpets and all these woes, these are terrible, terrible events that are going to happen. And I'm trying to bring that to people's attention. Revelation says we're going to have hailstorms where the hailstones weigh 100 pounds. And it says that specifically. I've, I've read that. It's amazing. It is. A 100-pound hailstone, I guess that would be about the size of the beach ball. It would certainly <laughs> hurt. Need a big mm-hmm. helmet. Yeah. <laughs> but well, there's I, a lot of these things described, and it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I love your description of the whole series about jihad terrorism meets the Bible Belt. So I, it's interesting to imagine fighting Islamic terrorism in the American South. Well, it's quite a battle. I will say that. It takes place uh, <clears throat> really in Atlanta. It starts in Atlanta uh, with some bombings. And the characters, the main characters, are senior citizens, uh, ex-military, and they're just friends. And it all takes place right here in Duluth, Georgia, for the setting. And then, of course, the events happen all over the world. I have a lot of Afghanistan and Pakistan and India and China, because it's a worldwide event, not a local event. But all the characters, for the most part, live right here. And so I have a lot of history about this area. And then when these extremists start um, blowing up things, like the American Legion post, uh, the the old soldiers get real upset about it. And unfortunately, 
there's not a whole lot they can do about it, and this goes on. Um, the first nuclear attacks happen in uh, Book Two, when uh, the Panama Canal is blown up with a nuclear uh, torpedo, and the uh, Buford Dam in Georgia is blown up, also nuclear. And then in Book Four, Manhattan gets blown up with a nuclear attack. All these weapons purchased from Pakistan by Iran, and a lot of it that I wrote about is, to some extent, happening. Iran's trying every way it can to get a nuclear weapon, and probably would just buy them from either North Korea or Pakistan. Be easy to do. How they might get it here would be a little bit more difficult, mm-hmm. but. This book, like I said, it is fictional, but everybody seems to like it according to the reviews on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had very, very few negative reviews. I think that the entire series is rated at about four and a half stars out of five. So I might not have ever written a book before till God called me to do this, but he helped me very through good. it. It's, well, yes. looking at your main character, a person named Jeffrey Ross, he's on a seven-year adventure in this series. Uh, he doesn't believe in God at first, at least, but his mama sure did. How does that play into the series? Well, it plays into the series because all the things his mother used to tell him. She was a little bit of a fanatic, he thought, because she was always preaching him. She was always saying, the devil's going to get you if you don't straighten up and all this kind of stuff. And it turned him off, which happens to a lot of kids. It turned him off, and he just thought it was all mythology, and he refused to listen to anything other than that. And then one day, these things started happening, events, that his mother had told him. It was like the weather got much hotter. It says in Revelation, it's going to get much hotter. Well, the weather started getting hotter, and the hailstones started getting bigger, and he started remembering all these things, and then um, people started disappearing. There is a story in the Bible that some people, the fortunate ones, will start disappearing. There's a lot of debate of when this is going to happen, but that does start happening. You know, people are on TV being interviewed, and all of a sudden they vanish and nobody can believe their eyes. Well, they don't believe their eyes. But it's a, it's, it's a real interesting approach. I do think Islamic terrorism, Islamic extremism, is a plague. Mm-hmm. It's just a different kind of plague. And my doctor is the best doctor that I've ever had in my life, and she is a Muslim woman. Mm. Uh, one of my close friends is a Muslim from Yemen. He's married to a Christian lady. But they taught me, my relationship with them when I was writing this series taught me that it's kind of like any other religion. When you get to the extremist part, people get crazy. And it's the extremist. My doctor's not crazy, and she likes Jews just fine. She doesn't want to wipe them off the map, doesn't want to kill Christians. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot that do. They estimate anywhere from 10 to 15%, and there's almost 2 billion Muslims in the world, so that's a whole lot of people that want to kill us. And that and that's part of the main theme of this book series. Mm-hmm. Well, I noticed that the final book of the series is The Ninth of Av. That title might need some explaining to some people. <clears throat> it does, and I get a lot of questions about that. The Jewish calendar 
even though Rosh Hashanah is usually around November, December, the first month of the Jewish calendar, they have their own calendar, and it's usually 12 months to 13 months. But the first month is Passover month. The fifth month of that calendar is the month of Av. And the month of Av, which usually occurs mid-July to mid-August, the, book, the month of Av is, to the Jews, Tishbiav, which is the month of mourning. And that whole month is a month of mourning, but specifically the ninth day of that month, because some of the worst tragedies that have ever happened to Israel have happened on that day. So they call that the day of mourning. For example, the first temple, Solomon's temple, it was destroyed on the night of Ab. Okay. The second temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar on the ninth of Av. Hmm. All through history, some of the very worst events, the first people shipped off to Poland was on the ninth of Av. So I had never heard of this when I started writing my series, but as I got more and more into it, the Jews have had much great fortune but they've also had great misfortune. And it was usually because of backsliding, what the Bible mm -hmm. calls backsliding. And we do the same thing. When things are going mm -hmm. great, we don't think so much about God until, like we do when things are going really bad, like right now. This, this virus pandemic is going to bring a lot of people to God. I understand Bible sales are up. Yeah, I'm, I hope they're reading them. Yes. <laughs> the best-selling the best book, but the least read book. A lot of people buy them just to put on their counters. But I have the feeling right now more people are reading it. <laughs> I think so, and they should be. And like I said, I hope this is a warning. The history of the Jews where God gave them warnings through prophets. The prophet said, you know, God did this for you. He did these miracles in Egypt for you. He did these plagues against the Egyptians. Look at all he's done for you. And when things are bad, you love him. But things are good, you drift away. I think we all did that, actually. Mm -hmm. But for the Jews, he is, they are their chosen. He, they are the chosen. And it's tough to be chosen because God's discipline can be very rough, as the Jews have found out many, many times. And that's going on now. In 1948 made Israel a country again. Mm -hmm. No other country has ever disappeared from history and reappeared, except for Israel, and that was predicted by the prophets about mm -hmm. 700 B.C. Well, most people never believed that was going to happen. Yes. When, the 18, when the 1800s came around, the Age of Reason and Thomas Paine, there became a big growth in atheism because Israel, that was a prophecy that never happened. It had been 1,800 years. And it still hadn't happened. Well, in May of 1948, it happened in a day. One day they weren't, one day, and the next day they were. Mm -hmm. And the first Jews that were there were very religious. It was after the Holocaust. So they were very much, things were so bad, they really turned to God. Now Israel has one of the biggest gay pride parades in the world. And it was their laws of Moses that condemned that kind of behavior. So they're kind of once again doing it again, just drifting right off because everything's prosperous. And they will pay a price for that in these last days. And you mentioned earlier, do I think these are the last days? 
I think we're very close to the last days. I do not think they've started. Mm-hmm. So I get asked that all the time. Is this plague part of the last days? Like I would really know the answer to that, but I don't. <laughs> but one thing you are going to know is one thing that's supposed to happen when the last days, which is a seven-year period, according to the Bible, when that starts, two people are going to appear in Jerusalem, two preachers, Jewish guys, mm-hmm. and they're going to be called the two witnesses, among other things. People hate them. They get called a lot of things. People want them dead, but they can't kill them. And these two guys are going to witness for three and a half years. That's the first three and a half years of the seven-year period. Well, I check every day. I check Jerusalem Post and Heretz and other news sources in Israel to see if they have two fanatics over there screaming at people in Jerusalem. And so far, I have seen nothing about that. When that happens, then we'll know. But until that happens, we'll know it's not. Well, you are very tuned in to when the end times might start, right? Well, like I said, I've been kind of studying it since 1957 when I was 10. Mm. And every time I read the book of Revelation, I change my mind about something. Something else comes up, <laughs> pops into my mind as I'm reading it. I think, hmm, maybe, maybe I've been wrong about this, that, and the other. It's tough, but it's well, important. Well, I think we're all going to find out in the end, right? Everyone's going to find out in the end, one way or another. Well, the the series is called The End, the Book, and it tells a story of the end times and what we, you know, makes us think of what we might do, how we might live in that time, doesn't it? It does. I mean, when the electricity goes off, I mean, not for the night, mm-hmm. I mean, permanently, insulin pumps stop working, gas pumps stop working, uh, respirators stop working. And battery backups only last for so long. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, if we, you think about it, if we lost our electrical grid system like we do in these books, uh, it put a lot of people back to the 1800s. A lot of people wouldn't make it. That's true, I'm sure. Well, I can tell there's a lot packed into this series, and you've really done your study, and uh, lots of people are going to enjoy following this character, Jeffrey Ross, and uh, all the other people that you cover in this series. So how can people uh, get a hold of your series and learn more about you? Well, they can go to my website, which is theendthebook.com, and I have a YouTube page. If you want to go there, and have sure. a, that has all the videos, or most of the videos, and that is author J.L. Robb, R-O-B-B, under YouTube, and okay. you can just go to Google and um, a Google search and just type in J.L. Rob, and it takes you to most everything that I've done, articles I've written um, for different publications like Wisconsin Christian News mm-hmm. and Omega Letter, and I've written many, many, many articles, and a lot of them are on the blog post on my website, and if people will subscribe, then they will get updates on that, but the best way to, to, to really research the books is under theendthebook.com. Theendthebook.com. That's the website to go to to learn more about J.L. Robb and this seven-book series. And we thank you so much, J.L., for being with us today on Charisma Connection. Thank you so much for having me. And 
Stay safe. Yes, you too. God bless the world right now. Thank you. Amen. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us here on Charisma Connection. And be sure to take a look at cpnshows.com. That'll tell you all the shows that we have on our network, the Charisma Podcast Network. We've got new ones, and uh, they just keep coming, I tell you. So there's some, a lot of great content there. You might check out I Work For Him, the PowerPod podcast with Jim and Martha Brangenberg, or Kingdom Mindset with Jojo Dawson. There's lots of great shows there. And uh, for your inspiration, especially if you're, you know, sitting at home uh, twiddling your thumbs right now, let's hope not, but uh, you're going to be inspired by a lot of those podcasts. Also, be sure and check out the uh, Charisma Media Audio app, and uh, you can learn more about that. You can listen to Charisma Magazine now on audio instead of just reading it. So sign up for a free 10-day trial and listen in the spirit today. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. <laughs>